everyone and welcome to episode 28 of the social liability podcast the only podcast where two middle-aged men named buck and raz sit around and complain about the people in our lives that violate the social contract that we all agree to live by i am of course the raz grease with my co-host the buck rundle and we have some stories for you this week and of course we do have a florida story because every every episode needs a florida story but let's start things off with buck how the hell you been buddy you know i uh i've been riding the fine line of mediocrity you know <laughs> i mean there's just there's just nothing really fantabulous or different going on in my life i've left my house a total a total of 11 times during the entire calendar year of 2020 so you know I, I've I mean, left the house more than that. I have I have left the house more than that because I still go to work most days. Uh, but you know, it's kind of funny because my office used to be a police station. Literally, like the entire police station is my office. So I I have locked doors all the way around. Nobody can get in, and I got a glass partition between me and the and the rest of the building. So I can I can talk to people through the glass. So I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty good. Uh, I, I do it better than most people. That, that being said, I still have to go out and interact quite a bit. So I, I definitely got the mask ring going on. Uh, it's not comfortable, and I don't, I don't truly enjoy it. But it's a necessity. Wear your masks, folks. It's so, going to make for some interesting tan lines this year if it, if it lasts that long. Uh, I, dude, I'm on the vaccine list right now. Uh, there's a chance that since uh, my, with my position that me and the family can get pretty high up on the list and i am on the the call list right now so any canceled appointments i get a phone call <laughs> so oh that's hip yeah it is pretty hip i'm actually hoping i can get in there pretty quick so i can quit wearing these damn things oh but let's let's kick this off with a bang and let's talk about the grinch the grinch buck because a minnesota couple receives anonymous letter shaming christmas lights because they are a reminder of systematic biases. I have oh. actually put Christmas lights up for the first time this year. <laughs> what a co- oh, what a coincidence. <laughs> I did. I, I haven't traditionally I haven't put Christmas lights up. I, I put up maybe some stuff in the window, stuff like that. But I I'm not about putting the lights up, but the wife really wanted lights this year, so uh we got them and they're on a a light sensor so they turn on by themselves i don't have to flick a little switch and they're solar powered so i don't have to plug them in so this is awesome but you know i remember a time when we would go out you know this time of year in the evening drive around town look at all the the beautiful christmas displays that people would put up and down here i'm not seeing it (laughs) i'm just not there was a big write-up about this this place that had you know one of the musical displays we're like hell yeah so we got in the car and we drove the kids down there and it was pathetic it was absolutely pathetic there was just a regular display with a boom box on the porch not even like the uh the the lights set to music or anything like that it was so lame but the best part about the whole thing was the neighbor who just had a sign in their yard that had one like string of lights around it and had the word ditto with an arrow (laughs) That's actually that's. I, I like I, that. I enjoyed that, if nothing else. But you know, <laughs> I mean, like seriously. I, I remember up home. Cool. I remember there would always be like people setting up these giant display, the, the displays, and you you turn your radio to a certain channel and listen to Trans Siberian orchestras. The lights are flashing in time with the music. And, yeah, and I just don't. I just, I just don't have that kind of stuff down here, and I'm, I'm really disappointed by it. But in in this St. Anthony, Minnesota, things got a little weird because nothing is safe from left-wing politicization anymore. For one St. Anthony, Minnesota couple, not even Christmas lights are safe. In an anonymous letter sent to the home of Kim Hutt, a person claiming to be one of Hutt's neighbors chastised her and her husband for hanging up Christmas lights. The letter itself, obtained by Crime Watch Minneapolis and posted to social media Monday, suggesting that 
the display, such as Hunt's, constituted a, quote, reminder of divisions that continue to run through our society, end quote, and a reminder of systematic biases against our neighbors who don't celebrate Christmas or can't afford to put up their own lights. <laughs> now, here's the best part. There actually is a picture of this house. Along the gutter of the first floor, there's one string of lights, and there is a lit-up wreath above it between the two windows on the second floor. That's it! That's it! Nothing else! <laughs> and that is the, the whole uh, reasoning for the the horrible display of... So I, I, I can I, only imagine... I, actually, I can only imagine what would happen if Eleanor Roosevelt was still alive. I mean, she would probably shed a tear over this. <laughs> and so it's, it's, Raz, I just... It's just. I know. I mean, all the thing, of all the things to complain about, and literally take your time. Because think about it. How? When's the last time you wrote somebody a letter? I mean, seriously. When is the last time you wrote an actual, honest to god letter to somebody? I have my kids sign for me when we go places because my hands shake too much to use a little pen on the pad. So writing a letter. Not so much. <laughs> no, I don't, like I don't even sign my own fucking receipts anymore. <laughs> much. Of... <laughs> well, it, it's it's amusing because like <laughs> my uh, my wife this year, she decided she really wanted to do Christmas cards, so she was actually asking like, people <laughs> to send Christmas cards, and she was handwriting Christmas cards, and I was, and the kids were like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> so and and then she was asking me about stuff to write on them and i was giving her suggestions um and then she sent out like a stack of christmas cards it was ridiculous <laughs> so um yeah, a lot of our friends and family got christmas cards this year yeah i got one it did, did you andy andy warhol would have been jealous over the freaking sketch on this thing man oh wow uh, there was there was artwork you say <laughs> Like I said, man. Look at me feigning ignorance. <laughs> but why don't you tell the listening on it? Because they can't see it, so you're going to have to describe it, I guess, in, in detail. Well, it was phallic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it, had, it, was, it, it was, it was, it was, it was anatomically correct. At least it appeared to be. And, uh, and it even had little, 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 you know, budlets of hair. It was, uh. <laughs> Use your it imagination, looked like a very, folks. <laughs> I mean, it was a very well-groomed, you know, cockdoodle. <laughs> I will, I will have you know, and I, I know she listens. I cannot claim responsibility for that because I am not the one that drew it. <laughs> oh, believe me, this this was done with the steady hand of somebody who knows their way around this particular. You I'm know, not sure how to take that. Well. uh you are married oh. i would hope you know i mean like seriously you you have you have children i mean like if you want an omelet you got to break an egg all right fair <laughs> enough oh so the letter goes on to say that we must do work of educating ourselves about the harmful impact an outward facing display like yours can have I challenge you to respect the dignity of other people while striving to learn from differences, ideas, and opinions of our neighbors. We must come together collectively and challenge these institutional inequities. <laughs> the St. Anthony is a community welcoming of all people, and we must demand better for ourselves. In an interview with Fox News, Hunt explained that both she and her husband were very surprised, shocked, and saddened by the letter. The lights give us joy after coming home from working as a nurse with COVID patients. I wish we could all celebrate diversity and honor everyone's traditions. I would, it would be far, okay, it would be far from shocking if it was later discovered the letter was written by a liberal professor or college student, given how much it reads about the race-conscious philosophies of critical race theory and anti-racism coming from those being, uh, being taught at our universities across the country. So they, they, we go from the, the, the neighbor being a, a douche canoe to we're going to turn this into a, like our own political statement. So now both sides are kind of being douchey. But I digress. Uh, new dis new <laughs> uh, 
according to the new discourses, critical race theory assumes that race is a predominant structural element of American societies, and systemic racism is everywhere, ordinary and permanent, and hidden just beneath the surface of society. They're goddamn Christmas lights! <laughs> wow. I Honestly, there's so much going on in this article that I kind of forgot where the focus was. I was like, what were we talking about uh, yeah the, the, the sh- people getting a shitty letter but then they had to go the, the other way with it <laughs> i mean like what are you like i can't imagine the meeting of the minds behind actually take the shit to the news like i bet you somebody i bet you i bet your husband and wife are sitting there drinking their wine and somebody had one glass too many and said we should go to the news. It was that, that it, you could tell all... that that last sip, that was the one. That's the one that did it. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you just, you like tip the scale between like having a good time and just being this shithead. And now all of a sudden you're on the phone with a reporter. Oh, I, I don't let's go back to the original uh violation of the social contract here if you're gonna take the time like do you have so much time in your life that you look at a string of brightly colored lights that doesn't even actually say like jesus christ was born this day no it's it's a goddamn christmas lights and here's the news flash folks most people that celebrate christmas aren't really christian they're just it's a cold holiday and we're gonna give each other presents and we're gonna have a tree which let me tell you folks is not christian in any way shape or form but nevertheless we celebrate this holiday and maybe maybe that family down the street that's got up a, you know, enough lights that's gonna land an airplane by mistake on their front yard maybe they go to church once a year <laughs> so let's not associate christmas lights that are, are simply there to bring joy with anything that's like I'm gonna I'm gonna put these lights up and really piss off the freaking Jews down the street. Seriously. I I think the farthest this should have gone was maybe going from calling them Christmas lights to holiday decorations. I could I could see it going that far. I could see that being like the armistice agreement. But <laughs> Like taking this shit to systemic racism over Christmas. Over... <laughs> I mean, like seriously. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh. Well, I-, I can tell you, my uh, my multiracial family loves the Christmas lights and um, bite me. So, <laughs> so yeah. let's let's yeah. let's get out of Minneapolis and let's go to one of our many, but. Definitely the first story having to do from the great sunshining state of Florida. Florida man, Florida man, does whatever the fuck he can. Makes headlines every time. Florida's paradigm. Look out. Here comes Florida man. Here comes Florida man. As a Florida man coughs, sneezes, and spit through a Best Buy after refusing mask, deputies say. A Florida man who didn't want to wear a mask in Best Buy on Saturday was booked on disorderly conduct, charged with coughing, spit, and sneezing through the store, deputies said. Employees at the Vero Beach location of the chain told the Indian River County Sheriff's Office that they asked Alton George Ashby. Is that like the most ultimate Florida name ever? Alton George Ashby? What Florida man would be... it's like Florida Man, Alton George Aspie, Superman, Clark Kent. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alton George Aspie, multiple times to wear a mask to prevent the spread of the coronavirus per store policy. Aspie, 51 of the Palm Bay, was, quote, going to Geek Squad to get help, end quote, but walked up with no mask, store manager Stephen something told deputies. Ashby then proceeded to cough and spit all over the Geek Squad counter and then continued to walk around the connected department to do the same thing, according to the arrest affidavit. 
He's also accused of pulling a package of masks down onto the floor, spraying a soda, sneezing all over the counters, wiping his hands on sleeves, and refusing to leave, the report states. Now, I I did actually change the the wording in that, because I I know how we like to pick on these reporters, but, you know, certain parts of the country, like, I know I say soda. I know some people uh, from, like, Michigan that I know, uh, how you doing, Sean, Uh, will say pop. Uh, down here where I'm at now in Oklahoma, they actually say soda pop. So they kind of just like bastardize the two. But I've never heard it quite called soda drink because it actually says he was accused of pulling a package of masks down onto the floor, spraying a soda drink, sneezing all over the counters. <laughs> Hopefully that's the best we have today with our, our, our reporters, you know, little nuances. But after he was pulled you know- over, go ahead. I, I'd actually like to hear, you know, in the comments, if anybody cares to leave one, you know, what do you call it? You know, do you call it soda? Do you call it pop? Do you call it soda pop? Or are you like those, uh, you know, those folks in Georgia who call everything Coke? Oh, yeah. Coke. At, <laughs> at, like everything in Georgia is Coke. Like, what what do you call it? I mean, you know, what is what is what is your preferred moniker for a fizzy carbonated beverage? That, that I'm just curious. Well, me, I just call everything Coke. Ugh. But Pepsi, dude. Know. That's the other thing: Pepsi or Coke? Because the right answer is Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, on opposite day. Oh, shut up! I was I, I was willing to give you your coat of arms with a Coke can on it, so I don't want to hear anything out of your mouth. Yeah, I know. You shed a tear of tear of uh, you know realization after you after you came to light. Seeing seeing the Coke over the over the two spatulas, you know the Buck family crest. <laughs> we, yeah, overlaid with, with the Mexican flag in the overlaid background. Overlaid over the Mexican flag in the background. You, uh, you, you like I know you shed a tear. You were like, I'll tell flag. you, I spent way too much time painting that. <laughs> I could. T- it took like three hours to do the shading on the bottom of the can. I could tell. <laughs> Well, back to Mr. Ashby. After he was pulled over in the Cadillac sedan he left uh, Best Buy in, Ashby later explained his behavior by saying he's going through a lot this year and got carried away. (laughs) Ashby posted a $500 bond and is due in court January 5th, jail records say. (laughs) Listen, I don't like the masks either, but I understand the purpose for them and I wear them. And I've got some look like little kitty cat masks because one of my uh, affiliate sponsors sent them to me, and I think they're funny as hell. <laughs> but you know, why why go in there and act like a horse's ass? I mean, seriously. exactly, exactly. If you don't agree I mean, with a place saying that you have to wear a mask, then don't fucking shop there, asshole. Exactly. I mean, exactly. really, is there any more to it? You don't have a right to be there. And they tell you to leave, you fucking leave. <laughs> Just go. Well, you know, that's that's the thing that people are forgetting about this whole freedoms thing is that they do work both ways. It's like, fine, you want to exercise your right to not wear a mask? I'm going to exercise my right to not serve you here at my establishment. Goodbye. Bye-bye. It's like, it's like you may have the right to not wear a mask, but you certainly do not have the right to be in my space. Yeah, your your rights end where mine begin. Right. <laughs> so, but while we're on the topic of masks, let's talk about the great state of Mississippi, where police are looking for a man who pulled down his mask during a bank robbery. <laughs> so, just I mean, read that again. Read that again. I, I'll just read the whole headline. This is being reported by Fox yeah. Five, Washington D.C. Mississippi police looking for a man who pulled down his mask during bank robbery. I remember a time, and it wasn't that long ago, maybe 11 months, where if you walked into a bank wearing a mask, someone's hand is going under the table to push the button. And it's yeah. not the not the button I push on Buck either, but the, the button that calls the popo. And now, if you could walk in there with a gorilla mask on, no one's going to bat an eyelash. But this freaking mental midget... Because police in Jackson, Mississippi, are looking for a suspect who they say took his mask off while robbing a local bank, giving security cameras a clear view of his face. 
The man fled with an undetermined amount of cash after he passed a threatening note to the bank teller. <laughs> the police department posted a photo on social media of the man who appeared to be wearing a disposable surgical mask under his chin, revealing his face. The department posted the photo on their Twitter account. Many users made fun of the culprit for pulling his mask down during the bank robbery. Quote, the one time in U.S. history when it's actually okay to wear a mask in a bank, joke, <laughs> joked one, one user. So, yeah, like I just said, the one time you can actually wear the mask in the bank and this metal midget decides, hey, I'm just going to pull this down. Uh, Jack yeah. Jackson authorities say the suspect is at large and asks anyone with information that could lead to the arrest to call Crime Stoppers. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I, I deal with a lot of employees right now who don't like wearing the mask, and I have to enforce that rule pretty pretty hardly. And but a lot of them they do. They pull it down and they just wear it like a chin strap because I can't breathe, or they're trying to talk or what have you. And you'll start saying, "Hey, your mask." Oh shit, I forgot. And they they just they they don't. I I have to hope that's what this was. The guy is just so used to wearing it that he forgot he didn't have it pulled up. But but I. I, I love stupid criminals. I love stupid criminals. I, I lo there used to be a show, my favorite show ever, when I when I was in Florida, of all places, called America's Dumbest Criminals we used to watch. And that show was phenomenal. <laughs> You're just shaking your head uh, like, how could this guy? <laughs> no, I love I loved that show. Are you talking about the world's dumbest criminals with, like, Tanya Harding and, like, Danny Bonaducci. No, this was this. Like, no, this, when this show first came out, it was a lot like Cops, where they were showing, but they uh, were, but you'd also see surveillance footage. Uh, like the first, the, the, my favorite one of all oh, time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. This, I, this, I remember now. This dude rolls up on a on a on the, um, and the dude's like four or five hundred pounds. He rolls up on this strip mall store, and he's looking in the window. You know, okay, cool. And then he leaves, and then he comes back. Same dude. I mean, how do you miss this 450-pound guy? But this time, folks, he's got a ski mask. <laughs> yes. And then it gets better because he has with him a cinder block, which he uses all of his girth to heave into the window. Unfortunately, <laughs> said brick bounced off said window and came in contact with his skull, <laughs> leaving him unconscious laying on the ground. Now, the best part is nobody thought to, hey, look at that big fat guy over there with a mask on. What's that cinder block doing next to his head? Eventually, he woke up and left. And they just happened to look at the store. They look at the footage the next day like, what the hell? This <laughs> isn't going to the police. This is going to the internet. Wow. <laughs> this is before the internet was really a thing, really. I think I was like, a, oh, hell, I don't even want to age myself that bad. But th this is the same show where, where they... Um, a guy ran into the woods and I was in Florida when this happened and it was actually pretty close to where we were at. The, the guy robbed a seven or no, it wasn't a seven 11. What the hell was it? What the, it was a convenience store, but he robbed the store and ran off into the woods. And now what was really popular during that time was these shoes and they were special shoes because in the heels were these red lights <laughs> And the cops just followed these red lights bouncing through the woods. <laughs> oh, that was just hilarious. And But this guy would rank up there pretty damn high. If you just walk into this bank wearing a mask and like, I'm going to rob this place. Pull your mask down to declare your robbery so they can get a clear view of your face. <laughs> oh. I just don't. Yeah, you know, when I when I was a kid, there was a guy named Skateboard Freddy in the town where I grew up. It was Berkeley Springs, West Virginia, and it was actually close to Christmas one year. I was probably about fifteen years old, and uh, I looked at Freddy and I asked Freddy because he was the town drunk if he would buy me a pack of cigarettes at the Seven Eleven, and he contemplated this for a few minutes. Literally a few minutes, I waited there with like, you know, bated breath, just waiting to see if I could get this adult to buy me some freaking cigarettes, just contribute to my delinquency. And he he agrees. About twenty minutes later, he comes back and he throws me a carton of cigarettes. <laughs> and it turns out, 
and you know this is actually going somewhere it, it turns out that he went in there and robbed the 7-Eleven and wore his painting mask his whole like skateboard Freddy persona was described you, you, you'd be able to pick this guy out really easily by the clothing he wore his backwards hat his mullet and like you know his Billy Ray Cyrus mullet with like a, a duck's ass hanging out of <laughs> he's wearing his backwards hat and the, uh, it was just it was just like you you knew it. and then he had his sunglasses everybody knew know? who this dude was exactly but see everybody but the guy working behind the register of the 7-Eleven who was probably the only minority man living in this town like from New Delhi, India. And Freddie got away with it. He got he actually got he actually got away with it. And I got me a carton of cigarettes for the price of one pack and it was it was just a good day. But you know, I could I I ought to check the uh, local records there in Berkeley Springs see if Skateboard Freddy would make it into our podcast. Special first special guest, who knows? <laughs> oh no, he's he's in a mental institution now. My buddy Sam told me that Freddy's not doing well. Oh no, <laughs> Ooh, Freddy's getting fingered. Well, let's let's. You've mentioned Georgia, so let's talk about Georgia, where a Dunkin' Donuts customer stabs teen worker because the flavor wasn't available. Hey, okay. So a customer upset that the Dunkin' Donuts flavor he wanted wasn't available at the Dunkin' location in Georgia stabbed a 17-year-old employee, police say. The incident happened just after 6 p.m. Staying inside a... Inside of a... Yeah, woo, I can't talk today. Saturday inside of a Dunkin' in Union City, about 20 miles southwest of Atlanta, according to police. The teen employee told police a man in the drive-thru grew angry quote, due to him not being able to get what he wanted, end quote. <laughs> the customer left, but returned a short time later and began arguing with the worker. They both engaged in a physical dispute between each other, and once that happened, he, the suspect, of course, pulled out a knife. Officers responded to the restaurant, found the worker on the floor with a stab wound in, his, in her left arm. According to... The teen declined being taken to the hospital and is expected to be okay. Small miracles. Part of the incident was captured on surveillance video and also a video from witnesses, according to police. You know, that that, that shit kind of pisses me off. Someone is literally getting stabbed and you're sitting there like, I've got to tape this. <laughs> kick the yeah. mother... No, that's kick a motherfucker in the head time. That's not get your camera out time. Ugh. Although the suspect got away, he left one of his tennis shoes on scene. So now Atlanta police are going around playing fucking, um, oh, what is it? Snow? No, it's, that's not Snow White. What is it? Cinderella. They're out playing Cinderella trying to find the Dunkin' Donuts killer. Officials released surveillance videos Thursday in hopes of identifying the suspect. Uh, we just don't want him showing up at another Dunkin' Donuts or any other business or anywhere in public and having the same temper where he can make this kind of an assault. I mean, god damn, dude. I, they don't have my hazelnut coffee. I gotta stick a knife in their arm. What the fuck? Wow. I mean, wow. I, 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 don't get me wrong. I have been upset when I've gone down to the local uh, place and tried to get, you know, my, my favorite flavor and I wasn't able to. But, jeez. <laughs> I mean, do you yeah, really, does it, any any time you go to the store and you can't get something worth pulling a damn knife? Right. That's uh, that's that's crossing a bit of a line there. A wee bit, a wee bit. <laughs> well, let's take this on down to. <laughs> so it's it, kind of funny <laughs> where, where I'm at right now. It was we had a very very strong meth problem. But when most of the quarantine happened and a lot of the stores shut down and everyone decided to buy up everything in like the CVS and the Walgreens and everything like that, uh, it was kind of hard to get your hands on the ingredients for meth anymore. <laughs> so now everyone's just on crack. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> it's so sad. But yeah, our crack problems caused because there's not enough meth to go around. 
When CVS closes the door, the drug dealer opens a window. Apparently. <laughs> but police arrest man who claimed he was making, quote, healthy meth. Yes, indeed. He healthy is. meth. This is healthy a- meth. In Longmark, Colorado, authorities in Colorado have arrested a man after he reportedly told police he was attempting to create a healthy meth substance with ake berries in his garage. The methamphetamine was actually found, but police believe the man had the capacity of producing the drug. I'm sorry, no methamphetamine was found, but they believe he did have the capacity to do it. The Longmont Times call reported that Craig William Rogers was arrested on suspicion of controlled substance possession and possession of drug paraphernalia. He was released from custody on Wednesday on a $15,000 bond. Booking documents do not indicate if Rogers had an attorney who can speak on his behalf. And the investigation is ongoing. So, he didn't have any meth, but he had a meth lab. (laughs) And he was trying to add something to make the meth healthy in some way? I I mean, okay, sure, why not? (laughs) So I uh, I used the highest quality vitamin E tablet liquid... Oh, he, was, he was trying to use some, some all-natural berry to make his healthy meth. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a homeo, it's a homeopathic methamphetamine, sir. Methamphetamine <laughs> type substance, <laughs> but you know, I, I we we do have a huge, huge drug problem in this country. I mean, in, in this area where I'm in, in particular, it's not uncommon just to see some dude cracked out just stumbling down the street. Uh, at any time. And with all the derelict houses we have, we have just you know, squatters everywhere, little meth houses. Uh, it, it's kind of ridiculous. And I, <laughs> it was really eye-opening coming from where we lived previously to hear and seeing the big disparity uh, in, in this, the, the cultural normandy of it. And I'm just kind of, it's kind of depressing. It, not kind of, it really is depressing. Uh, how is it there where you're at i mean with the other other than pot because you guys are swimming in that you know i i really don't i don't know um i'm so out in the middle of nowhere that i have almost no exposure to humans i mean like i know among the bovine population there's no meth or crack problems you know uh, if there was, though, I don't think I would frown upon it because they're all going to be dead in the next couple of weeks anyhow. Mm. And they'll re- be replaced with new ones. If you, you, if know, you continue I, to make friends with the local cows? No, but I do still yell at them. And whenever... <laughs> going off topic here, but... I, I cannot parents, wait until I can cover a story on this show. Man yelling at cows. <laughs> yeah, I that... I seriously, like, if you're ever out here in the draft and you hear a guy just, like, yelling in a field and he's in a wheelchair, it is me. Because whenever I'm upset or just need to... Because every once in a while, somebody starts feeling a certain way and they just want to act out. Well, I'm not above that. And my way of acting out is I take it out on the cows. And believe it or not, it makes me feel better. I go out there. And whoever I'm angry at, you know, I'll be like, Raz, you son of a bitch, blah, blah. And it's just a cow. It, chances are it's probably, like right now, it'll probably be somewhere in the 400s. Like they all got tags on their ears. I think we're in the 400 field right now. You know, so it might be like cow number 431. But I'll rename it Raz and just start yelling at it. What? And Why me? Makes, what did I do? Well, because that way I don't have to name drop anybody on here. You know, and we've been friends for 15 years. I can find a reason to fucking yell at you. But I didn't deserve it. <laughs> but that, but see, the thing is, though, is that, you know, this is the best part about it. Because the argument that I gave the farmer, because he actually came up when I... Why are you yelling at my cows? <laughs> he's like, why are you yelling at my cows? I'm like, why do you even care? He's like, well, you know, they're cows. And, you know, they have feelings. And I was like, really? really you're gonna go ahead that's the hill you're gonna die on i was like how much longer is that animal gonna be alive before you turn it into hamburger or steaks or something like how much longer is that animal gonna be alive 
And if you can tell me that that amount of time really justifies you coming and telling me like what, like the emotional abuse makes a meat tender. Like, <laughs> just tell yourself, I was like, I was like, seriously, like, what is your problem with this? I don't think and he had a problem. A I think he was just, I think he was just curious. No, I, he, he did have a small issue with it. He's, he's a little Mennonite man. And I was like, what is your problem with this? And he's like, but you know, it's, I was like, I'm not actually angry at the animal. I'm angry at the person I'm yelling at. I'm just using the, like the animal comes up to me and like gives me a facial expression. I feel validation. Leave me alone. Like, let me just yell at your cows. And he's like, he's like, I really, like, I can see how that would make a big difference in, in how people would act towards other people he like starts getting all philosophical about it i was like how about you put it in a book i'll sign off as your first patient cow therapy <laughs> cow therapy it'll be it'll be an utter catastrophe oh <laughs> god damn it I, th I thought i might make it a whole episode without hitting that button i really did yeah you know what man if you made it through an entire episode without hitting that button you'd think i was just buttering you up I thought it was a Christmas miracle. <laughs> I wouldn't want you to cream me. Okay. <laughs> Would you say I'm milking it? <laughs> Get the rest out of your system. Come on. I guess we can just... We can just move along. <laughs> That, that wasn't even good. Like, at all. I'm sorry. My hoof was in my mouth. Oh, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's enough. That's enough. Did, did you, like, like tell this dude that it was, like, your, like, some kind of handicap therapy <laughs> that you were yelling at? Actually, himself? I really did. I really did. I told him. I was like, listen, man. This really helps me more than you will ever know, and here's why. And after I told him that, he was just, that's when he got all, like, deep and philosophical. I was like, well, damn, I wish I would have never came out here, for fuck's sake. It's getting kind of cold. <laughs> okay. I, like, I felt obligated to listen to him, though. I'm sitting there screaming at his freaking meat. <laughs> <laughs> why are you yelling at my meat? <laughs> Okay. Yeah, 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 whatever. No, no, it's it's amusing. But let's go. Uh, yeah. Let's go on over to Seattle, where police say a drunken woman wearing a stolen snake slams Prius into firehouse. So Raz, what do a drunk woman, a snake, a Prius, and a firehouse all have in common? Uh, a story out of Seattle, apparently, because please. A New Hyde at New Hyde Park, a drunk woman wearing a stolen snake around her neck lost control of her car and slammed through the garage doors of a firehouse, damaging two fire engines with her Prius. Okay. Um wh <laughs> Where are you buying these discount fire engines where they're having damage caused by a freaking Prius? You know what a well, Prius is, right? That little meep meep. <laughs> well, I worked at a Toyota dealership. I sold them. But I'm thinking that damage is a very, like, loose term. Like, maybe it's no, scratched the Here's the thing. I'm actually looking at a picture. It's in the article. Unfortunately, I can't share it with a, with a podcast. But it actually pushed the bumper and folded it under on the engine. <laughs> so, apparently, she clobbered okay. it going pretty high. Um, but... And no, the snake around her neck wasn't a stolen feather boa. It was the real deal. <sighs> yeah, that's... These guys that are writing these, they wonder why the print media is just dying. <laughs> According to PIX11, 22-year-old Sarah Espinoza was behind the wheel of a 2010 Prius around 7 p.m., uh, on Monday, a Long Island turnpike when she allegedly drove across the median and collided with another car. 
her Prius careened away and collided with the New Hyde Park firehouse, crashing through the garage and damaging two engines. Firefighters, conveniently on scene, rushed to give Espinosa aid. <laughs> They rushed to give <laughs> They rushed to give Espinosa aid, but got a little surprised when they opened the door and found a ball python around her neck. Police investigated later and revealed that before crashing, Espinosa had stolen the python from a nearby petco. Following the crash, Espinosa was treated at a local hospital and released. She was slated to be arraigned Tuesday on charges of reckless endangerment, DUI or sorry, drug possession, DUI petty larceny and reckless driving the snake was safely returned to petco <laughs> think she's gonna slither out of that one so easily <laughs> oh my lord okay <laughs> conveniently on scene. <laughs> firefighters conveniently on scene <laughs> <laughs> I think we I think we broke Buck. <laughs> uh, you, you know, journalism is a dying art. <laughs> no, but that, that's that funny. Is, that, that is comedy. That that was timing. <laughs> that is you know, your 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 editor gives you this story. Is it here? Take this little shit ball and make something out of it, and they did. <laughs> Yeah, like that is the definition of a guy going. You want chicken salad out of chicken shit? Here well, we here's go. Celery. Here's your celery, bitch. Let's go. Oh man, but see, I gotta tell you, of all the the government style buildings that this woman could have crashed into, I gotta say she's kind of lucky it was a firehouse. Because a police station would not be nearly as friendly. No. And EMT, EMTs, that's that's a real hit or a miss. Like, that's true. EMT. That's that, true. That, that, really, that really depends. That really depends. But firefighters, they are the most easygoing and, and disgustingly loyal group of civil servants out there and I can see them just looking at that and going that's going to be something that's going to people are going to be jealous they missed this on the Monday morning meeting oh man <laughs> like like I can see firefighters just brushing that off with a grain of salt being like well yeah. we're going to hit that deductible a lot quicker this year than we thought. I think you know different <laughs> firefighters than I do. But <laughs> uh, let's go on to our main event of the evening. Oh, yes. When we go through the stories, I typically don't like to read them first. Uh, but Buck's been sending me a plethora of them lately. Uh, sometimes we have listener contributions. Other times um, we find them on our own. But when I saw this one, as soon as I saw the headline, I knew, Buck, I knew this was going to be the title story for today's episode, which, of course, has already been titled Jordan Wouldn't Take No for an Answer. Now, we say that because the headline reads, Florida woman high on crack arrested for beating boyfriend for refusing to go down on her. Yes, as soon yes. as I read that, I knew, I knew. And I would thank us once again from the great state of Florida. Florida man, Florida man, does whatever the fuck he can. Makes headlines every time. Florida's paradigm. Look out! Here comes Florida man. And in the interest of true gender equality, here is Florida woman. A Florida woman was arrested for allegedly attacking her boyfriend while high on crack because he refused to perform oral sex on her. Uh, Katina? K-A-T-A-N-Y-A. How do you say that? Katanya? Nah, we're just going to call her Kat. So Kat Jordan, 46, is said to have hit and scratched her longtime partner in their Largo home with with the uh, Pinellas County Sheriff's Department eventually responding to the scene at about 3 a.m. on October 11th and taking Jordan away in cuffs. Uh, 
And then it breaks down into a list. So let's go through the whole list together, shall we? Number one, they've been fighting about Jordan's drug use. According to a police report, police report obtained by the smoking gun, the couple have been arguing about Jordan's crack smoking at the time of the incident, at which point she stated, started to hit him and demand that he go down on her. When he refused, things took a violent turn. <laughs> you should fuck up about my crack and get down there, boy. <laughs> Oh, you want to you want to talk about crack? I'll show you crack. <laughs> yes. Oh, number two, Jordan wouldn't take no for an answer. When her boyfriend uh. refused to perform oral sex on her, she began quote hitting and scratching him, which resulted in several small lacerations, which police believe were caused by fingernails. I sure as hell hope so. <laughs> there was even a witness at the scene who confirmed this version of events to investigators. Uh, number three, uh, what? No, that's that's something else. So let's skip number three because it's it's actually just an ad in disguise. Like I said, I don't really read these ahead of time. Uh, so next, she tried to make a quick getaway. Jordan had already run away from the property by the time authorities arrived, but with the help of police dogs, they were able to locate her not long after. She fully admitted her actions, but claimed that her boyfriend had tried to choke her and insisted that her actions were in self-defense. Yeah. <laughs> when when you throw in the whole, I don't know, attempted rape aspect of it, it kind of takes it all out of you. <laughs> I, I raped him in self-defense. Yet the victim always runs away from the police when they get there. Yeah, true. <laughs> Next, Jordan was booked into Pinellas County Jail on a $12,500 bond. She was charged with felony domestic battery as well as grand theft for apparently trying to steal her boyfriend's cell phone when she left the property. Why wasn't she charged with rape? Or attempted rape, if anything. Yeah. Because yeah. the Social Liability Podcast are true advocates for gender equality. As as should everyone be. I mean, it that 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 pendulum swings both ways, and you know, one of the best ways to get rid of you know a lot of tropes that exist for rape is to make sure that we, you know, bring attention to both sides of 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 the spectrum. Uh, indeed, took a serious note there. Not not really like the social liability podcast. So that's why it was. That's why it sounded so awkward when I said it. I know. Uh, Jordan has <laughs> quite the lengthy rap sheet. Uh, this isn't her first brush with the law, as you've probably guessed. She has convictions for welfare fraud, cocaine possession, trespassing, battery, grand theft, and many other criminal offenses. She's also been arrested for other acts of violence, including hitting her brother-in-law over the head with an iron hitting her pregnant daughter, and attacking the boyfriend in the current case with a glass vase. Thank you, Florida. Thank you once again. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta say, I'm gonna point this out, though, okay? You know, as much as, much as we draw attention to Florida, we did have a, a story from the great state of Washington, which is in the opposite corner of the United States. Ergo, we have social liabilities. From corner to corner of this fine, fine country we live in. That was, that was a stretch, Buck. I mean, that was a real stretch. We don't just pick on Florida, but Florida makes some of the greatest stories. Hey, you know what? I mean, sometimes if it quacks, it's a duck. <laughs> I mean, that's, 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 I mean, that's really all we can chalk it up to, man. It, if, it, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's a duck. If you want to find social liabilities with true, true, like, WTF quality, go to Florida. You know? Indeed. That's... You know, it's kind of funny because we're talking about Florida, and I was talking about when I when I did live in Florida for a very short time, uh, the, the the guy who robbed the store with the light-up shoes. That's, that's Yes, I am aging myself so badly. But there was also another instance where a guy robbed a convenience store and ran into the woods that I remember. And the police literally stood on the side of the wooded area because they knew he was in there and said, come out or send the dog in and then started barking. 
and they actually got the guy to come out of the woods because they didn't want to get bit. Oh, but Florida, it's it's. I think it's kind of a um, a micro version of the of the country as a whole, because a lot of people end up in Florida, and a lot of a lot of different religions, races, everything. Everybody ends up in Florida. And it's it's either you're on one end of the spectrum, you're filthy rich, or you're incredibly poor. So I think uh, Florida, unfortunately, is a great example of everything that's wrong with our country. <laughs> Extremely profound, and I cannot disagree with any of it. And this is coming from a guy that's from West Virginia, folks. Yeah. <laughs> from Berkeley Springs, West Virginia, no less. Yeah. Oh. The capital city of we don't take kindly to your type. Yep, that's yeah. where I'm from. Uh, that is literally a county where they will pull over anybody with an out-of-state tag. They'll make something up. It don't matter, but it is what it is. Don't go to Berkeley Springs, West Virginia, folks. Just a little warning from from us here at the Social Liability Podcast. That being said, you can always listen to the Social Liability Podcast on any number of uh, podcasting platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Overcast, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, CastBox, Radio Public, and you can watch a replay of the video version on our YouTube channel if you simply search for the Mount Moon Crew. Whoo! Guess how much it all costs, Buck? Just a little thing we like to say to pay attention all you gotta do is pay attention that's all we ask folks that's all we ask indeed that being said thank you very much for listening to yet another episode of the social liability podcast we do this strictly to keep buck sane and we're going to continue to do it until he actually loses his mind and it's pointless so thank you very much like subscribe comment do all that stuff and actually if you want to give us a review on apple podcast that would be phenomenal um that being said folks thank you very much and we'll see you next week on the social liability podcast 